I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is Renee K. Nicholson. We're going to talk about her new memoir and essays, Fierce and Delicate. The book is out now, and it's about the high-stakes world of professional ballet and also about living with chronic illness. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How long have you been a dancer? All your life since you're a little girl? Since I was little, yeah. Um, my mom enrolled me in dance classes when I was very young, and it, I just took to it. And uh, that's what I wanted to do. I was just, that was it. <laughs> that was it. And yeah. it's, it's an incredible outlet. It is an incredible outlet because it's both um, internal and external. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can um, really search yourself, um, you know, on a, on a soulful level through dance, but it's a, you know, it's highly physical. Um, yeah. So it's also outward and, and, you know, in class, you, you know, master the body, but um, on performance and, and that's kind of more internal, but in performance it's for someone. Um, so uh, there's always that push and pull. Was it always in your mind to write this book? No. <laughs> and in fact, um, for a long time, I resisted writing this book. So uh, after um, I was no longer dancing, um, you know, at, at the level that I was, um, I went, you know, I was in school and I, I was studying everything and I took a creative writing class and I really loved it. And when I first started writing, I wrote about anything but dancing. Uh, I just wasn't ready to go there yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and even when I started writing about dancing, I thought I would write fiction. I thought I would write a novel about dancers. Um, and slowly I realized I had some things to say about my own experience. And that's kind of when things changed. What was it that you were hesitant, you weren't ready to write? I think part of it was my own grief. Um, you know, I, I didn't wear a lot of that grief on my sleeve. If, if you knew me at the time, you wouldn't think, oh, she's depressed about not dancing or she's upset about not dancing. Mm -hmm. But I think there was an element of that that I just really wasn't ready for it to be my experience in me, although I still really love the art form. And so, you know, I started to figure out how to write about movement by writing fictional characters. Um, and then uh, I was in graduate school and uh, I was encouraged to take a creative nonfiction workshop. And uh, that's when I started to think, well, this is the thing I probably should be writing about. I'm writing about it in, this, in these other forms. I should you know, dip my toe in. And when I started, it was like, I, I couldn't hold back anymore, right? That, that floodgate was open. Yeah. And, all of a sudden, I was like, I have a lot to say. <laughs> and I started thinking about things um, in a whole different way. And mm -hmm. I realized you didn't have to be a famous dancer to, to be able to say something about that world. Right. Um, and so um, that's kind of, it was very organic, I guess, in a lot of ways. I love that. So it sounds like this book, really, you don't have to be a dancer to dive in. No. And in fact, um, I'm always surprised how much the book resonates with non-dancers. Um, that always, it pleases me. You know, a book like this kind of has an interesting balance because, 
you know, you have to write it in a way that your colleagues in dance, you know, know that you're actually a dancer, right? There are certain things um, that just sort of indicate that, but you also have this opportunity to share the world with people outside the form. But I really think anybody who's ever been really passionate about something kind of gets it, right? Or anybody who's um, dealt with an illness that maybe altered their life path gets it. And, you know, some people just like to read about the lives of other people, which is a perfectly wonderful reason (laughs) to read my book or any book, really. (laughs) You know, um, you get to kind of... um, walk through somebody else's life a little bit. And, and that's one of the joys I think of, of reading and writing and the relationship between reading and writing. Sure. So I don't know if you know this, I think you do. My show is called Get the Funk Out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here you were in, in your funk. Why were you in a funk? You know, I think part of the reason I was in a funk is that I realized a lot of things can happen in your life that you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, as human beings, we're sort of wired to want to control things, even though we don't really get a lot of say in how things happen. I mean, we've been living in a pandemic for a while here, and right. none of us really had control of that. <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, but this happens on a smaller level all the time. Right. And mm-hmm. I think it took a while just to understand that. Like I was able to do some things that were healthy and useful, but it just kind of, it kind of takes a little bit to be to the point where I can look back and it, I won't even say it was being able to objectively look back to be able to look back and be excited about what I had done and to um, not feel so sad about it, but to like recognize, like I had some amazing opportunities and Mm -hmm. they have shaped who I am now, even if I'm not actively dancing. Right. And so to me, that was, um, I think that was maybe how I came out of the the funk. (laughs) Um, And sometimes you don't even recognize that you're in it. No, you don't. <laughs> no, there's these little hints, but you're not really paying attention. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I have a sort of outwardly sunny disposition. If, I, if I'm upset about something, I don't necessarily wear that on my sleeve. And I think that's kind of where, where, where my funk lived, right? Kind yeah. of behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, to the world, I seem just fine. And then in these moments, I, w- I was holding this thing. Um, and then as I started writing, I started letting go of that, right? Sure. It, it just sort of dissipated. Healthy. Um, yeah. Very healthy. I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, you were mourning the loss of, of not being able to continue to dance, of unfulfilled uh, dream of continuing as long as possible but you yes. weren't sitting back and being grateful for all that you had achieved, achieved up to that moment. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the interesting thing about what happened, it, you know, to me was I had always envisioned myself one way and it was, you know, you mourn a past self 
but I also like became a new self and this awareness that you can be more than one thing and you can love more than one thing and that we have this multifacetedness to us. Right. Right. Um, I, I started to see myself less as this or that to seeing myself more on a continuum. Right. That's good. And, you know, you kind of slide back and forth between things and, you know, um, I didn't replace dancing with writing. Right. Right. Um, they, they became parallel to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. There were two things that I did. Um, and, and that I learned and that I could be, and they could be separate and they could also overlap. And all of that was okay. (laughs) It is. I mean, think about the ageism associated with dancing. Oh, absolutely. Imagine you got to that place and then you were considered old and really you were young, right? But that's what happens. You reach what, 28, 30 and you're, you're old. Right. I mean, um, you know, some dancers um, extend their careers past that, but many do not. And many find that they love dancing, but when you're, when it's your profession, um, it becomes something else, right? And, and you lose maybe that underlying love, or maybe it's not even that it's lost. It's sort of more tarnished. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and so, and and the older you get, you realize, you know, there are things that you want. Um, right now I've been reading all these fascinating stories about dancers who are because of the pandemic able to have babies and be moms. Right. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's, in some ways it's like kind of perfect timing for that because everybody's in a layoff of some, of some sort. Yes. And to be able to have that, like kind of in the middle of your dancing career is really quite extraordinary. Um, so out of something that's not so great has come this, uh, this opportunity. Right. And um, so that's been really, really interesting for me to kind of follow um, because that was definitely not the case when, when I was going through, you mean, you know, you had babies after your, your performing career or, you know, a few people were able to manage that, but that was considered, you know, the exception, not the rule. So um, you know, it's been a tremendous time of introspection and growth and realizing that you can kind of pivot and do other things to stay resilient. Yeah. Really essential. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we're seeing it in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, and, and, that, and I think that stories that show how people change and grow over time, um, right. allow people to envision that for themselves. Yes. Um, at least that would be my hope. Yes. Now we didn't touch on, uh, you were living with a chronic illness. At what age were you diagnosed? 21. Um, wow. so very, very early. Uh, yeah, it was uh, rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. And the way that it presents, um, it was a little tricky to diagnose because your your joints swell, and you know, as a dancer, that can happen. Just injury and sure. you, know, <laughs> you know, pounding of the joints every day and that exactly. sort of thing. So at first, I mean, it wasn't like I was like, oh, something's really wrong with me. I was like, oh, I'm getting injured all the time. What's happening? What's going on, yeah, yeah. Um, so it did. It was. Um, it started to present, you know, 
you know, then, but it took a little bit to, to figure out exactly what was going on. Um, and, uh, you know, with an autoimmune disease, once you go that route, and especially with rheumatoid arthritis, there are some very simple tests, blood tests and other things that, that, um, health professionals can do to help diagnose it. Right. Um, but you have to be, you know, kind of pointed in that direction. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You have to change your way of eating because I know it's one of the inflammatory diseases. You know, I had always had a fairly healthy diet um, and a fairly balanced diet. So there were um, a few things that I did differently, you know, based Mm -hmm. on recommendations. Um, Interestingly enough, um, one of the things that I did is I started drinking a lot more water. I um, mean, mm-hmm. as a dancer, I did drink a lot of water, but I also, because um, I was so go, go, go at the time, you know, I was a bit of a Diet Coke junkie. Oh, no, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had the caffeine. You know, yeah. in the 80s and 90s, a lot of dancers were, were less healthy than than I see a lot of the dancers that are coming up now. And and um, I knew a lot of dancers that smoked to um, curb their appetite. I, I was not a smoker, mm-hmm. um, but the caffeine was another and I, I fell into that. And, and so... Um, I've pretty much cut those beverages out of my diet. That's good because Diet Coke is not a good thing. No, it is definitely not. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, just, I can tell now when my body feels hydrated or not. And, and, you know, I was so in tune with so many other things about my body as a dancer that it's, it's a little extraordinary to me that something so simple as that, um, is something that I understand now in a whole different way. Sure. And one last question, what is uh, narrative medicine? Cause you build that into your writing, don't you? Yes. So, um, narrative medicine came out of Columbia University and there's this wonderful woman, her name is Dr. Rita Sharon, and she is a general internist there and also a PhD in literature. And she started to realize that understanding stories and understanding patient stories had this, you know, immediate and important overlap. And so narrative medicine is really the ability of doctors and patients and, you know, other health professionals like nurses and occupational therapists and, Mm -hmm. you know, physical therapists to recognize, um, absorb, interpret, and then act on uh, the stories of illness. And uh, Dr. Sharon has a wonderful quote. She says, um, you know, uh, that, that uh, illness unfolds in stories. Makes sense. And that, you know, if we have that ability to narrate them, mm-hmm. that there can be um, important therapeutic consequences of that. Yes. And well, it makes me think of... Um how illness or trauma to your body can be stemmed from emotional, not just a physical injury. I, I know when uh, my dad was sick, he had cancer. All of a sudden I had this shooting pain down my arm and I developed frozen shoulder because I originally years back was in a um, weightlifting class and I overdid it and I think I tore something, but the emotion I was carrying from the weight of what was coming was a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, when I, so when I was 36, I had a total knee replacement, Uh, all the cartilage had just worn away. Right. And 
I was recovering and my father had come to visit me and I was starting to feel better. Um, and I was starting to feel better because I didn't have pain and because I didn't have pain, my, my whole emotional state was more buoyant. And my father came to see me he, and he said, you look like five years younger. <laughs> like he hadn't seen me since right. the surgery. And that really, like I was carrying that like on me. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, your story makes complete sense to me. <laughs> I know it really resonates. Now, where can people find out more about you, Renan? So um, they can find out about me on my website, which is ReneeNicholson.com. Uh, they can also find out about me. I direct the Humanities Center at West Virginia University. So uh, just humanitycenter at wvu.edu. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you. <laughs>